It's Game 3 of the Stanley Cup playoffs as the LA Kings host the Edmonton Oilers. We talk about the first two games of the series and what to expect going forward with former Kings player and longtime TV analyst Jim Fox next on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. My name is Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. Also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show. That's been putting out content for the past 16 years. And of course, a passionate LA Kings fan. For 30 years. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash NHL60 and use the code NHL60 for 60% off plus free shipping. We are always excited to be joined by our guest on today's show. You can see him and Alex Faust calling all the action on Valley Sports all season long and for tonight's game three of the Stanley Cup playoffs between the Kings and the Edmonton Oilers. He is former Kings player and, again, longtime TV analyst, Jim Fox. Hey, Jim, how are you? Doing great, Eddie. It's uh, great to talk some playoff hockey. How is that? Yeah, it certainly is, and really excited to see the uh, game coming up tonight as well. Um, but it is the second year in a row that we've seen the Kings and the Oilers go at it. And just like last year after two games up north, it's even at 1-1. Uh, what has been different through the two games this year as opposed to last year, would you say? Well, I think, first of all, just the containment of Connor McDavid so far, as far as his points, he does have an assist, but five on five, he's minus two, those types of things. Uh, you know, Dreisaitl, Leon Dreisaitl, we knew about him, but he's kind of taken over the series uh, from a perspective of who's going to be the guy to stop, at least through two games. Um, I think coming in, everyone expected that the Kings were going to be a little bit better offensively. And I think certainly the injury, at least in the first two games, to Kevin Fiala, and then the first game to Gabe Velarde, that certainly hurts the offense. I think the Edmonton Oilers proved near the end of the regular season that they were much better defensively. And I think the numbers overall, of course, it's 1-1, it's tied, the Kings get the split on the road. But I think when you look at the numbers, as far as controlling the series, it has been the Edmonton Oilers. So that has been expected. Uh, the difference issues... Uh, it's very difficult to tell, I think, at this time in the series, other than the things I just mentioned, uh, the Kings have got off to very disappointing starts and then to fight their way back. Again, normally when you think about the Oilers' high-powered offense, they play better from you know, ahead, uh, but the Kings have found ways to grind and just chip away and get back into game. So maybe that's going a little bit against the flow. So I guess it may be obvious, but what are the concerns you've had the most after the two games and maybe what's the most encouraging about what the Kings have done after two? Well, uh, the encouraging thing is the ability to come back. And again, you don't want that to be the case. You'd rather be out in front and run away, uh, but that has not been the case. Uh, it's certainly the Kings power play in game one, won them the game. Game two, certainly not as sharp. Uh, the Kings, the discipline issue, so far, it's been the Edmonton Oilers that have been undisciplined through two games. So we'll see if the Kings can take advantage of that if that continues. Um, but, the, you know, the Kings getting behind early is, is a very difficult mountain to climb. 
It's something that is a big concern right now. It appears like early in games, Edmonton is very effective on a forecheck. When we think of Oilers, we think of skill and speed and pace. And you think of rush attacks. And they're getting those. They're dominating that area of the game. But they're effective, too, on the forecheck, hemming the Kings in. So if the Kings the Kings have to find a better way to break out first pass, maybe not even the first pass, it's the next play able to make that next play through the neutral zone because the Kings have not been able to get enough offensive zone possession time. So that's the key right now. And it starts with a breakout. It's a domino effect. Get the breakout going, beat that pressure, and then have some speed through the neutral zone. Is there anything specifically you can do as a team to get off to a better start? Obviously the games in Edmonton, the crowd is into it there. They've got that level of excitement and, and they get the last change as well. But is there Anything now that we're back home that you can specifically point to to say this can help us get off to a better start? Well, you know, and it's it's funny. Eddie, it's the numbers for the team that scores first are through the roof as far as percentage winning. Now, of course, in game one, the Kings did not score first and they came back and won in overtime. So they went against the flow that way. Uh, but to say you're going to get off to a good start, does that mean you become so aggressive and so risky that all of a sudden the other team is counterpunching and counterattacking going that way? So... I think the one thing that most people would look to, and we saw it in game one specifically, is just a little bit more engaged physically. And sometimes I think, you know, the home crowd can bring that energy. And perhaps that's why the orders have had in two games. But that energy that gets the heart rate going, gets so it's not necessarily making those skilled plays. It's just getting involved physically. And again, I don't think the Kings are expected to out hit the orders. The orders are a bigger team. You may get more hits. You're not going to outgrind them. At the same time, you have to match it at least. And I think maybe at home, Crypto.com Arena, you have that that energy and that physical engagement early. Maybe that helps other areas of your game. Maybe it helps you get a little bit more confidence because, okay, now I'm involved. I'm involved in the game. I've had a couple of hits. I've had a couple of touches. If they can get that going early, I think that will benefit them. You mentioned Gabe Velarde coming back. It was obviously great to see him get a goal as well. Uh, I know that's got to be difficult to miss 10 games and then come right back into playoff hockey. Um, what does having him back in the lineup do for the entire lineup? And um, did you like the decision to keep him on the second power play unit as opposed to putting him back on the first power play unit right away? Oh, there's, uh, well, uh, no-brainer. No-brainer to keep him on the second power play unit. The first power play unit was doing fine. Actually, since Kevin Fiala went down, as far as the numbers given to me, the power play has been at a higher percentage. Again, that's without Gabe also. So uh, Arvidsson took over for Fiala, and you have Ayafalo taking over for Velarde. Now, at 100%, no. You want Velarde back. I'll answer the first part of your question because he's big and skilled. And that's something. He's a one-on-one player. He can beat you one-on-one. And if there's anything the Kings miss with Fiala and Velarde, it's that the two best one-on-one players. So the other team, you know, the Oilers, they don't get themselves in that, oh, man, oh, I'm nervous because he's going to beat me one-on-one. That hasn't been there. That's what Gabe can bring. But, no, to start him out on the second unit, that's fine. Uh, again, the power play did stall in game number two, but it won them the game in game number one. So I think it would be too early to make those switches. Tonight, maybe, game three, maybe they do it. Maybe they go that way. Again, with that skilled body down low with the quick hands, uh, that's something that's very difficult to defend. And the Kings are certainly very happy to have him back in the lineup. You mentioned Victor Arvidsson didn't have him available for last year. Boy, he certainly has uh, asserted himself so far in this series. Uh, And just um, all around, like he's a little spark plug, but so skilled in passing and shooting the puck. Uh, It's really made a difference, I think, this time around 
to have him back in the lineup, don't you think? I think the Kings struggle in the first two games have been, you know, that offensive zone pressure and, you know, putting a little pressure on the puck. And that's where Victor has been great. And to be honest, the Deneau line, you know, with Arvidsson, uh, you know, they, they've been able to keep the puck in the offensive zone. Trevor Moore bouncing on loose pucks. All three guys, you know, getting back hopefully to what they did last year in the regular season. Of course, Arvidsson was not available in the playoffs last year. But, yeah, it it is, you know, the Kings, it seems odd because you look at the numbers through two games. The Oilers have dominated rush chances, cycle chances, outnumbered attacks, slot shots, all of those numbers the Oilers have dominated. Yet they really haven't necessarily dominated the games. Uh, they possess now it's up for the Kings. The Kings have defended relatively well, even though those numbers are there, because that's how powerful the Edmonton Oilers are. The other end, though, the balance comes from can the Kings generate something at least double attack here, double positive it would be. If you can have some time in the offensive zone, yes, you're increasing your chances to score, but also the other part of that is you're easing the pressure on the Kings' defense. And that's just as important right now. So I think that's the biggest factor with Arvidsson and his line is that when they get the puck, yeah, they chip, they chase, they get on it, but they spend time in the offensive zone. And one thing real quick about Adrian Kempe, obviously he had the two big goals in game one. He's been engaged very physically with Evander Kane. I've really been impressed with how he has been able to maintain his game and be engaged physically and be a target physically and not retaliated, not done anything to hurt his own team. I mean, it almost maybe seems like it's gotten him into the flow a little bit more. You know, Andre Kopitar had four points in the first game, but I thought Adrian Kempe's game was as good a playoff game as I've seen in a while because, you know, he was a marked man. Right from the first shift, Evander Kane was right on him. And that's kind of a luxury the Oilers have, right? Because at least in the first game and through half of the second game, he plays on their second line. So they can kind of go at Kempe and try to knock him off his game, and they're not disrupting their top line, where Kempe plays on the Kings' top line. Uh, that's something that the Oilers have a little bit of an advantage of, and I, I just love the way Adrian has handled it. Uh, you know, he was a little bit quieter in game two. I think that's obvious. But at the same time, man, his will to fight through playoff-style hockey has been very impressive. Of course, finishing with the two goals – but just the way he went about it. And he gave some out, too. He dished mm-hmm. some out, too. And that's important, especially when you're talking a playoff series, same team, night after night, you got to give it back to. More with LA Kings TV analyst Jim Fox in just a moment. But I want to let you know that today's episode of Locked on LA Kings brought to you by eBay Motors. Uh, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. And at the same time, when it comes to your vehicle, every part needs to fit just right. So next time you need a part and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can... Find any part that you need the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage. My Garage. Look for a green check mark, and you know that you have a part that fits for you, or you get your money back. Uh, because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when you have the right parts, and they're guaranteed. Uh, that's go to eBayMotors.com. Uh, eligible items, uh, exclusions apply. All right, more with LA Kings analyst Jim Fox. And uh, Jim, I know there was some debate maybe among some about who to start in net, Phoenix Copley or Jonas Corposalo. I'm sure the team has confidence in both, but uh, Corposalo gets the nod, certainly appears to have been the right choice so far through two games. Uh, The numbers tell you that through the roof, his numbers. Save percentage, high danger shots, slot shots, inner slot shots. 
he is third best in, in, right now. He has been given, you know, when they put up all the numbers at the end, two quality starts so far. I know, uh, you know, that's something, he, at least the both starts he's had have been considered to be numerically quality. Now, the third goal in game number two is a stoppable goal. It's a good shot. It goes through a screen, but it's one of those because where it comes from outside the dots, I think all goaltenders would tell you it's stoppable. So that's where sometimes numbers, you know, you can think about percentages, and I think we see it more so, say, in power play penalty kill. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to game six, and you're 15% on the power play. So you're, you're dropping down. It's not working. But you get that goal with two minutes remaining in the third period on the power play. That's where you throw at the percentages. But all the numbers point with Corpusalo, And uh, I do believe just my anxiety level watching the games, it's much lower right now with Corpusalo. He just seems to be much more in control. And I think that's what he brings, as well as the big body, the big presence, the long legs, all those things. Uh, he just brings a calming effect. On the other side of the coin, the Oilers have a rookie netminder in Stuart Skinner. Uh, he had let a couple of goals in in game two. I think Jarrett Stoll called them leaky, I believe is how he described it. Uh, how can the Kings take advantage of maybe his inexperience in that, especially in this type of situation? Well, it's it's about putting pressure in the offensive zone to make him worry a little bit, to get him on his nerves. Yes, bodies in front, take away his eyes, all those things you say about any goaltender. But, you know, he's had certain portions of the first two games where he is not, you know, his anxiety level must be way, way low because there was no pressure on him. So that's what the Kings can do. Yeah, well, on the second goal, Velarde's goal, Great moves, turnover created by the Kings, Trevor Moore, great back check, all those things. But when you break down the goal, it's not even, it's a bad goal. That's my call because, you know, his foot came off the post there. Velarde is excellent, excellent down low. He probably made about 18 stick handles there in the last 10 feet. And that's what makes it difficult on the goaltender. And that's probably why Skinner was off balance there and didn't get his foot on the post because he saw all the moves and he didn't necessarily know what Gabe was going to do there. So, but yeah, that's that's something that going into the series, I think certainly the Kings would be considered to have the edge there. And I think through two games, again, the numbers show that Corpusalo has been doing the job. It's up to the Kings to get more time in the offensive zone. Easier said than done. The owners deserve credit because they're spending time on a forecheck, as I mentioned earlier, not necessarily known for that, but effective through two games. Now that the Kings are back home, hopefully there's an emotional advantage to that with the crowd and all of that. But now that they get the second the, the second change, now that they're they're the team that's at home, they get the second line change. How does that particularly affect how they can match up against the Oilers? Well, you know what? I think they're not that disappointed with the first two games as far as how the matchups have gone. Actually, Deneau has neutralized McDavid. Numbers-wise, you know, Dreisaitl has a little bit of an edge over Kopitar, even though Andre had four points in the first game, and, of course, the game-tying goal and an assist on the game-winning goal. So that's that's kind of the way it's going. I, I think, you know, icings become so much more important in playoff games because of what you're talking about there, because that's the one time where a visiting team or any team can get the advantage with a line change. So that's something that, Maybe during the regular season, 82 games, you know, you get an icing, end zone face-off, no big deal. But coaches now are looking for every opportunity to get those matchups. I don't think that the Kings are going to go away from Deneau and McDavid and Kopitar-Dreisaitl. Again, every once in a while they get switched. 
Uh, I think as Todd McClellan was saying earlier in the series, it's just a matter of you have to have four lines ready to do it. But yes, that's why coaches do look for matchups. They do want McDavid against someone other than Deneau or Kopitar, so maybe against the third pairing of the Kings. That's what they're looking for. Yeah, it will be a slight advantage. I think it's less of an advantage than it was way, way back St. when I played. I think it's more of a trend nowadays for coaches to match up top lines against top lines. They don't necessarily try to run away from it, except there are specific times in games. I think you see it again, especially on icings, where you can get that change, you get fatigued players on the ice against you, and you get a better matchup. And that's what you try to uh, exploit to take a little bit of an advantage. We've mentioned that the Kings have obviously done a very good job of containing Connor McDavid, which is very difficult to do. But Leon Dreisaitl, um, my goodness, the the size, the power that he has, the way he can get into the zone and control things, and his passing ability uh, is as uh, is as scary as his shooting ability. Is it is it realistic to think the Kings can contain both of these guys? The Kings are known for checking for their chances. The Kings are known for structure. The Kings are known for that. Even though the goals against average in the regular season was not where you would think it would be, all of the other internal numbers, when you dig deeper, the Kings prevent a lot of chances. That almost gets thrown out the window when you go up against the two highest skilled players offensively that any team's going to face. Dreisaitl has been very impressive, and I think you just brought it up right there. To me, on entry, you normally think entries, you think McDavid's speed. For instance, goal number one in game two, it was Dreisaitl through the neutral zone, and then the Kings were in good structure. It was there. They had back pressure. They had the defensemen, weren't outnumbered, but the back pressure did not prevent Dreisaitl from getting the middle of the ice. And that was a big – and I know the shot went wide. It went off the backboards. You consider it a good bounce for the Oilers, but that entry is so important. If there's one area in the series where the Kings have maybe struggled, I think it's that preventing the entry against Dreisaitl. McDavid does get entries. He is going to get into the zone. But if you can contain him on the outside, that's what the Kings have been doing very well. So I think when you think about a seven-game series, I think you would assume at least one of those games that McDavid's going to break out. Dreisaitl already has. So that's what you're doing for a seven-game series. That's why hopefully it takes seven. Maybe you can do it earlier. Let's take it that way. If the Kings do contain McDavid like they have through two games, huge, huge chance to win this series. I'm not saying anything you don't know, but that task is a lot more difficult. Easier said than done. A couple more questions for LA Kings longtime TV analyst Jim Fox in a moment. Real quick, I need to remind you, today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets for your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is fast and easy. Uh, you can buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With the Game Time app, tickets are easy to find and buy for every kind of event in your area, and you get the lowest prices guaranteed. Uh, and they also have event cancellation protection. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And the game time guarantee means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. The tickets can get to you in a matter of seconds, just two taps in your set, and the tickets are sent directly to your phone. You never have to look through your emails. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNHL for your $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Uh, Jim, I had a question from a listener, and uh, I think he's a longtime Kings fan because he wanted to ask about some of the old Smythe division 
matchups against the Oilers and how things have compared maybe through the years and how this rivalry between Edmonton getting to face them again in the playoffs is really kind of turning into a, a big rivalry between the two Yeah, teams. it is. It's getting back there again. And I think for most of the series that the Kings played against the Oilers, if not all of the series, the Kings have been the underdog. Through the Gretzky years, you're the underdog. Even when Gretzky was on the Kings, if I'm not mistaken, the Kings were the underdog. Kings ended up winning one of those series. Now you're back to an area where it, it's similar, right? Because Gretzky, Messier, considered the best players in the league mm-hmm. at that time. Now you have Dreisaitl, McDavid, considered the best players in the league as far as skill goes. So uh, that's certainly the games back in the day with the Smythe division. Uh, structure is not a word I think you would use back then. It was more just kind of man-on-man. You have one guy that you take that. They didn't really break down the offensive zone, defensive zone, neutral zone. It was just much more of a, a simple game. Now they look at every single inch of the ice. And, and I think that's why the Kings certainly have a chance in this series. If you look at the skill, if you break it down that way, advantage Oilers. If you look at the structure, advantage Kings. I think both teams have gotten better in the areas they will weaken. Now, again, Kevin Fiala has not been available yet. And that's a huge hole because the Kings did get better. One of their weaknesses was the ability to counterattack and put some offense on the board. They did get better because Fiala. I mean, he would have led the Kings in point production with, with not for injuries. So now that they don't have him, that structure becomes even more important. For the Oilers, all the skill, all the attack, but they have learned how to play a little bit better defense. I think, though, we've seen in the first two games, Eddie, any defenseman that's put under pressure, you see DRNA a couple times turning the puck over. You see the, the read by Ekholm on goal number one by uh, Philippe Dunault in game number two. You know, he, he made a bad read. He went behind the net. He chased uh, Kempe behind the net when the most dangerous player was there. So any player, young, old, if you can put some pressure on them, they will make mistakes. And right now the Kings are trying to find that way to get that pressure at least. Even if it's not even with the others, you got to get that up there and get close to them. And Jim, uh, one final question for you. And I hope we get a chance to talk in round number two, but who knows what's going to happen but if the Kings don't advance out of the first round, how do you look back at this season? Well, I looked at it the way I looked at it coming into the season, which I didn't put in numbers. I was asked a billion times, you know, how many points are the Kings going to get, all that. The Kings did improve point rise. I think they did get better as a group. I think there was a, a, a certainly a coming together earlier this year than there was the previous year when they made the playoffs. The one thing that impressed me, and again, it's geez, you, was it too early, that 12-game point strength the Kings had? I mean, they were playing some really good hockey against some decent teams, and they were, at times, flawless. I mean, they, they played some games with minimal mistakes. So I think that growth has shown that the Kings are, are really maturing as a group now. This group that's been together, you know, the Kopitars and the Dowdies, they've been around, but now, you know, that, that middle group with Deneau and Kempe and Velarde, now Fiala, Arvidsson, you know, Mikey Anderson, Matt Roy, all these guys that have been around for a while. I know I'm forgetting guys, but you, you know where I'm going there. I think that middle group has been much more solid. Ayafalo has been around a long time. So, yeah, I think they've improved. I think they've gotten better. If they can't get by Edmonton, we'll know why, because Edmonton is stacked uh, at the same time. Uh, that's, uh, you know what? The Kings can play some very, very solid, flawless hockey. Haven't seen it yet. I don't think, again, the Kings will control or dominate games as far as possession because you're going to defend against the others. 
At the same time, if it was 75-25 through the first two games, if you can get it back to 60-40, then I think the Kings have a real good chance. Well, I know that uh, I and all the other Kings fans are really excited about game number three. Looking forward to your call along with Alex Faust on Bally Sports. And as always, Jim, thank you so much for your time. I know I speak on behalf of all Kings fans that we're lucky to have you on the job. You do a great job. You represent the organization so well. And you're always so open to uh, you know, being available to Kings fans, whether it's on Twitter or doing things like this. And I really appreciate it. Just thank you so much, and uh, hopefully it's not the last time we talk. This All right, season. well, I, th- I throw the thanks right back at you because uh, certainly having a great time, enjoying it, like to see the growth of this team. Certainly love to see them pull off an upset right here. It's a huge challenge. Crypto.com Arena, let's get that rocking. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be rocking tonight. It's going to be rocking in Game Four, uh, and that's you know, let's just keep it going that way. Uh, a lot of fun, and it's my pleasure. And uh, I just want to thank you for having me. Uh, thank you, as always. Uh, that's Jim Fox, and uh, we'll be watching him and Alex Faust on the call. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. All right, as always, we thank Jim Fox for joining us. Uh, it's always great to have him on, and we appreciate him giving some of his time to us. I uh, want to remind you, coming up on Monday's show, obviously we will have a recap of games three and four. Looking forward to uh, getting out there to Crypto.com Arena and seeing uh, playoff Uh, hockey up close and personal looking forward to the kings and the oilers in game number three coming up tonight as well that'll do it for tonight's show uh thank you so much for joining us Uh, you can always stay connected with the show uh when we're not doing a show on twitter we're at locked on la kings at instagram as well at locked on la kings i'm eddie garcia thank you for listening and watching this episode of locked on la kings part of the locked on podcast network have a great weekend we'll talk to you on monday and as always go kings go